0: Come on. Bill, are you ready? I am ready. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Bill Flynn helps humble leaders who love to learn and challenge the status quo take the guesswork out of growth through teaching, writing, and speaking. He's the author of... Further, Faster, number one best-selling book. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Bill, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Sure. Um, so I uh, I live, live in Massachusetts uh, in a little town called Sudbury, which is about 20 miles due west of Boston. I um, have a daughter who's in college, and uh, professionally, what I've been doing is uh, most of my professional career was uh, around startups. I did 10 different startups over about 25 years, give or take. Uh, I had a pretty good track record. I was five for 10 or five for seven, depending on how you count my contribution to each of those things. Uh, and then in the last four or five years, I became um, what uh, most call sort of a business growth coach, I've really learned I'm much more of a teacher. And what I do is I teach, as you mentioned, humble leaders who are comfortable challenging the status quo to take the guesswork out of growing their own business um, by really stepping back and thinking about um, the fundamentals of business and uh, creating a um, really sort of a, a one page plan, if you will, that then gets updated on a regular basis, which covers everything from your core things like values, purpose, competencies, customers, all the way through to. Um, quarterly and even weekly planning. Some of my clients get down to the level of the week. Um, and those are the those that aren't as disciplined as, as others like to break it down into even smaller bits. Um, and I've been doing that for about four years, um, and uh, I love it. I now know what my calling is.
0: This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Nice, well I certainly appreciate that. So you, you mentioned you work with 10 startups and I, I don't remember exactly what the, uh, the batting average that, that you used necessarily was, but you said that that, that X number were, were successful. What was it that that, that made those successful?
1: Uh, a little bit of luck, uh, also <laughs> timing. Uh, I would say that you know I started in 1998 is uh, uh, first my first actually 1995 was my first internet startup. Um, I did one one before that which was in speech recognition. Um, so obviously getting into the internet in 1995 was a pretty good thing, and the world was a little irrationally exuberant, um, as Mr. Green Span used to say, um, but. Uh, I would equate it mostly to um, a little bit of that and the team. I I got together with three or four people and we stuck together through four of them. Um, And it's so much easier to deal with the difficulties and the unexpectedness uh, and the ups and downs of a startup when you have people around you that you trust uh, and you work well together. Um, So I'd say that's probably the main reason. Um, that I put my finger on, that's tangible, you know. And part of it was just, you know, we got we got a little lucky a few times, so it was it was really uh, it was really good.
0: Nice. So well, I certainly appreciate that. Can always benefit from a little luck, and that's something I'd rather have than not. So um, exactly. so internet business, speech recognition. I imagine that that's highly technical. Are 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 you a highly technical operator, or was it the other three members um, of 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 your team? Break that down for me, please.
1: Yeah, um, I don't, I think I was the, probably the most highly technical of all of them, um, except for our, our the guy who really sort of was, I worked for a, a gentleman, and he, he liked being the you know, the head of something, the CEO, et cetera. I was more of an operator. I just wanted to get stuff done. I didn't care if I was in charge or not. Um, we both wrote code when we were younger. Um, but uh, the, you know, so the underpinnings of something like speech recognition or e-commerce or whatever is certainly highly technical. Um, but I think I benefited from the fact that I'm relatively smart, but I'm not overly smart. So I don't, you know, I can, <laughs> I can translate pretty well. I can take something that's pretty complex and translate it into some more simple things, which is, I think, what benefited me the most because um, I was in sales marketing. I was on the customer side. So... That was definitely a skill um, or, or an attribute that I had that, that served me extremely well. Um, if you can take the simple, uh, the complex, and make it simple for people to understand, uh, I think you have a leg up on most. On most.
0: Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. So you said that you were more just interested in, in getting stuff done, getting results, having success, than, than taking credit for things. Is that recognition in yourself? Uh, which I have to refer to as probably, or assume that you refer to that as humble as well. How how you started to recognize the value of that trait?
1: Yeah, humility uh, is as you get higher and higher up in organization, um, it is harder to stay humble. <laughs> sure. Uh, because you know you have this power, and there's definitely a lot of science uh, around. Uh, the more power you have, the less likely are to be humble um and and you think that uh everything that you do and everything you say is correct and often if you don't surround yourself with people who challenge you you won't be challenged on it uh and that can be a deficit for you Uh, and then i've been studying neuroscience for about 15 years and um that also reinforced it and i think maybe more aware that if you really don't understand how the brain works, uh, because it doesn't work the way most of us think it does, then it can really hamper you as a leader. Uh, So about 15 years ago I started doing that, and that really made a huge difference in how I led, especially sales teams. Um, I used to be much more, you know, you have to have the right answer, and you have to know everything, and tell people what to do, and uh, and then slowly I learned that not only is that hard, especially as things scale, because you just run out of time and energy, um, but, uh, it's also not as effective, uh, because you, you have one perspective that you're bringing to a situation and I don't care how well read you are or, or what your background is, you know, your brain formed in a certain way. And, uh, unless you're willing to open up to other people being right or partly right and, and, and you being wrong or partly wrong, um, you, you won't do as well. And it just, you know i'm i'm uh what's called i'm lazy and intelligent or clever there's a prussian general who had this model that he talked about officers and the best ones were lazy and intelligent or lazy and clever and i I think that's a great <laughs> way to go
0: why would that make them the best ones
1: uh because they're always looking for ways to be more efficient and more effective ah. um, if you're intelligent uh, uh if you're clever um, and you're hardworking, you generally work really hard. Um, but you are not always looking for alternatives, you know, you're just, you know, these are the people I think who often say that, you know, if you want to get somewhere, you just have to work hard Yeah. and I'm not a fan of that. You know, I've worked hard in my, in my life and I did much better things when I, when I was always trying to solve the problem that's creating the problem that's in front of me and I just keep doing that. Um, that just makes life so much easier. So that means you have to be, you're trying to do less uh, is, is basically what that means. And if you can figure out how to do less, um, then you'll spend more time paying attention to other things like the human beings around you um, or the future. If you're doing a lot, uh, your brain doesn't work well in um, in, in that mode, uh, it's, especially if you're looking you're trying to look further out. If you're running a business, your job, if you're the leader of a business, at some point does not become running the business. It becomes thinking about the future of the business and where it's going to go. And you need to sort of create cognitive space in your brain. You know, I ask this a lot of folks, and George, and I'll ask you is, so when do you get your best ideas, George? What are you doing?
0: Uh, well, a lot of the time, it's, it's, it's when I'm in the shower.
1: Yeah. That's a very popular answer, right? (laughs) Or riding a bike or going for a run. You're not actually focusing on one particular thing. You're not trying to write a report or whatever. You're letting your brain relax. um, And that allows your brain to connect things that weren't connected before. And that's when you get a flash of insight. You're physically making connections in your brain. Uh, You know, the synapses and axons and dendrites are actually forming together and that's when you get that flash of insight that you didn't have before. It's something called the edge effect. And if you're a leader, your job is to do that for yourself and enable that in others, right? Uh, especially the higher up. The more people you can get thinking with you and for you, uh, the easier it makes for you to run the business itself.
0: So that phenomenon in our brain or I'm going to butcher this, it's called the edge effect?
1: That's one of the ways. Yeah, one of the things that they call it is it's, it's loosely connected ideas that all of a sudden come together because you've given your brain a second or a minute or, or an hour to just relax that's when you get most of your, your insights um and you said it as well in the shower right or on a run
0: yeah well that th- that is amazing I, I <laughs> how i've gone through my life and never heard that, that the best one the, the best generals are lazy and intelligent i think that that is such a powerful thing and i know for me um I have fallen victim throughout a great chunk of my life of being the opposite of that not that I'm intelligent but I'm smart enough to be able to get things done <laughs> but just wanted to hold on to it and and you know I think it's cuz I was a tennis player so it was just me out there right um when in fact yeah, yeah you know too. through uh through through a little bit of old age and wisdom comes comes that realization that hey you need to let other people uh and, and it's nothing but a net benefit, right? To to yourself, to the organization, for for more ideas to flourish and, and, and grow. So that's an incredibly powerful thing.
1: It is. You know, there's an old African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go further, go together. Um, nice. So yes, if you if you want to go quickly and, and flip things really fast, then it's it's easier to just do it yourself, especially if you have enough of the capabilities to do it. But I, I'm not about that. You know, I and I did that. Basically startups are flipping something, right? It, it's taking something, getting to grow as quickly as possible and then have someone purchase it um, or go public or whatever. And I've been through two IPOs and seven acquisitions, so I've done it. Um, and it's great, but if I'm not teaching people how to do that. I want people to, to, to build an enduring and thriving company. Um, and that's not how you do it. Uh, you have to surround yourself with with great brains, either inside the company and or outside the company, to help you get there. You need to give them the vision, the direction, and then sort of uh, make sure that they have the, the skills, sort of the knowledge, the skills, Etc. cetera, you hire for traits and attributes, and then get out of the way. Uh, once in a while you'll have to remind them. You have to do a lot more talking about, uh, I, I sort of joke that CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer for a while and eventually it's Chief Explanation Officer. Mm. You're just reminding people that this is our purpose, this is where we're going, this is our vision, this is who we, who we serve, this is how we help each other. You just remind people. Uh, I think you're better off doing that. It's a lot of work you know, to get all that going, it's not easy. Uh, and it takes time. It takes my clients probably somewhere between 18 and 36 months to get that first fundamental um, set of things going. Um, But once they do it, it just makes things so much easier. You start to get velocity in your business.
0: Nice. It's interesting. So I introduced you as being somebody who helps humble leaders who love to learn and challenge the status quo, take the guesswork out of growth. So do I have to be inherently humble do i need a lot of it or do i need a little bit and then i can be sort of convinced and and coached into what we've been talking about
1: yeah so uh, humility definitely uh, can be learned often it's thrust upon us um at inopportune (laughs) (laughs) times. generally uh if you're self-aware uh and you're not humble you become humble because you've been um you've been fooled um or it uh, it was a bad situation and it humbled you uh i th- i think you know when i talk to people who are humble one of the best leaders in the world who i think is extremely humble is this guy named alan mulally who used to run ford and boeing um and he led them through two existential crises and did it basically the same way and succeeded both times um and not just succeeded you know uh, was considered i think in one, one year he was considered the second most um Effective leader in the world. I can't remember who was number one Um, And he is an extremely humble guy and that was from his parents, right? He he, I've I've got a chance to to meet him and know him a little bit and he's taught told me about his upbringing and He he was humble in his home um, and he took that with him. So you definitely can it's definitely a learned skill I don't think it's I don't think you're wired to be humble Um, But you can get it in all sorts of ways and you can get it any at any point in time Uh, And it just makes life easier uh, if you're gonna be a leader, being a humble leader is is a lot easier. But we don't hear about them, right? We hear about Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all of these people And there. I wouldn't consider them, I think Bill Gates is much more humble now mm-hmm. than he was. Um, but I don't think Steve Jobs was ever humble. Uh, Elon Musk certainly isn't humble. Um, and th- But those are the good stories. We don't hear about Alan Mulally, right? I, I, I spoke to, right. uh, about, I've spoken to about five to 600 CEOs. And I asked them if I tell them a story about Alan Mulally and I ask how many people know who he is. And I, I'd say about 30% even knew his name. And these are hmm. people who've run businesses for, for decades. Um, and big you know, big, big companies and they don't know who he is. And, um, that's too bad. We know, but we'll know the other names, right? Because they're more news- newsworthy.
0: Right. Cause they're not humble.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I question. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right.
0: So <laughs> so I, we, we could talk about this for, for, for hours and hours. I wanted to make sure that, that I, I asked you about the one page plan that, that you referenced because I think that a lot of the time, I mean, when, when I think about business planning, sometimes I get these 100 page documents. Talk to me a little bit about that one page plan.
1: Yeah, 100 page documents are so, so ridiculous. I mean I, So I like the business plan in terms of um, a, a tool in which to get people thinking. And talking about things, but as we often know, it's more important—the beginning and the end are more important than the middle. And the business plan is like a single step. And and you you know you were a tennis player, right? You probably had an idea of how you wanted to play a match, and then you found out that the the guy on the other side wasn't cooperating, so you had to right. change in the middle. Sure. Um, it just happens, right? You know, you're like, oh, I'm just going to hit to his forehand over and over again because I I thought, <laughs> I thought it was weak, and then all of a you realize, holy cow, this guy can rip it anywhere he wants. I'm not doing that anymore. Um, maybe he's not mobile, so you start moving him around, um, and that 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 fixes that. So, uh, I'm a big fan of like the Business Model Canvas by Alex Osterwalder, um, which is just one page. and And I talk to startup founders, and they say, Oh, I have to have this business plan. I say, No, you don't. The only reason you need a business plan is because the people who are giving you money are requiring you to do it. It's a waste of t- time any other reason. But if they're requiring you to do it and you want their money, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, just do the business model. Canvas. It's nine boxes. It just really focuses your time and energy. Uh, so the one page plan really comes out of uh, the work from Vern Harnish, who's been doing um, this scale up thing for um, almost 30 years now, I think. And he wrote a book about 25 years ago called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, which came out of his birthing of giants at MIT. Um, and he also started EO and YPO uh, from that. And he had this one page. Strategic plan is what he called it and really it's it's on one page and I love his saying which is if you know We say this all the time if we want to get together We want to make sure we get what we need we got to get everyone on the same page and he meant it literally and <laughs> so that's what we do is is the uh, you can look it up on on um, Google it's it's OPSP or one-page strategic plan and you'll see it It's it's really two pages because it's front and back But it starts from your sort of your identity your core values purpose objectives, etc. and all the way th- uh, all the way through to your vision um, but also all the steps in between, all of you know the three years that you're going to do the one year goals and objectives quarterly, uh, etc. Your BHAG, there's lots of stuff in there, um, and that's what I uh, I don't do just that. I do other things that support that, but that's the end product, and then that's shared with everyone in the organization. Everyone should see the one page plan, and they they'll. they'll each one of theirs will be unique. So the last column will be sort of quarterly objectives or something like that. And that'll be for that particular person, not just the company. And everyone's working off off the same thing, so it's cohesive, meaning that they know that what they're doing today, this week, this quarter, is contributing to the overall goals of the company. And when we as human beings feel like we belong to something, we're part of something, we're much more likely to be effective um, and engaged. Then, if we're just told what to do on a regular basis, you know, you go in every day and you, you have their huddle, and it's like, okay, uh, you know, I just go in with an open mind. Um, you, you're 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 not allowing people to use their brains. Uh, Ron Lovett, this guy I, I like a lot, um, um, says you know, you need to give your brains back to your employees, back to your team members, <laughs> uh, and and they will help you get to where you want to go. It's a lot easier. If not, you're pulling them along the way, and that just gets tiring.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, people support what they help to create, and, and they feel like they're a part in contributing. But if you give them some some waste of time, massive document about the plan, then how can they ever really get their arms around it versus one page? That seems like something that, that everybody can get on board with. So lots of wise wisdom, Bill. <laughs> uh, thank you. I love it. Well, Bill, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Uh, I have two, if that's okay. Please. Um, I'll I'll do them quickly. One is few things that truly matter, but those that do matter tremendously. Uh, You have to really understand as a leader that when you get down to it, if you make a thousand decisions in a day and you look back, you probably only had two or three that really, really made a huge difference. And that's really where you should be spending most of your time and push all those other decisions down to where um, decisions should be made. Um. And you should really, if you're the leader of a company, uh, I think I'm not, I'm a fan of Marcus Buckingham and, and he says it's really provocative statement, which is leadership ain't a thing. And I kind of believe he's right. Is that, uh, it's more about followership than leadership. Um, leadership to me is the ability to create followers. And in order to create followers, you have to tell them where you're going, right? Because then you, you they want to know where, where this, where you're leading me to. So my advice is always to write down your vision in clear, simple language. When I talk to leaders, I say they have a vision. I said, have you written it down? They say no. I said, well, then how do you expect everyone else to, to follow you if they don't know where you're going? Hmm. Um, and it can't be a, a sentence. It needs to be generally. Uh, I, I give this book called Vivid Vision to All My Leaders, um, and it's a great book. recipe book really for this and it says here's how you do it you know it's the three to five page document here are six or seven examples of things i say write that down and then share it with your with your leadership team every time my leaders do that the leadership team is ecstatic they're like wow this either confirms why they're there or clarifies things for them that they weren't really sure about um but it's a it's a wonderful gift that you can give to others and you'll create more followers from it
0: well that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on Lots of good stuff today, Bill. I really appreciate it. And okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Where can they get a copy of your book?
1: All in the same place at my website um, is catalystgrowthadvisors.com. All my contact info is there. As you said, my book, actually, I'm more about the message than the money. You can download my book for free if you want, or if you want to go to Amazon or Audible uh, and pay a little bit of money, I get like four bucks or something every time you do it, which is cool. Um, that's the best place to get me. CatalystGrowthAdvisor.com.
0: Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Bill your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to CatalystGrowthAdvisors.com. Pick up a copy of Further Faster. Thank you again, Bill.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, George. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.